What's up, guys? Run DMT here, host of the Kill Your Ego podcast and host of the brand new podcast, The Genre Fix. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys for tuning into our network. We couldn't do this without you, and we love every single last one of you. Second of all, we just did a massive overhaul to our website. Go to killyouregonow.com and check out our past releases, check out all of our back catalog of past podcasts, and check out some of our new merch. And if you use code PODCAST15, you're going to get 15% off of your order. 9 out of 10 base heads recommend it. So head on over to killyouregonow.com and check us out. Will you read us a bedtime story? <laughs> right. Late night parties, drinking tequila and trying to get lucky. Run the track! Every kind of music for every kind of thing. Including all video. Reggae. Just It's time for the sex drugs and I feel like I'm a little rusty, guys. I'm so sorry. I'll try that again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... No, no, too much. No, no. Gotta bring so just, back. Just, all right, you're at about a 10. I need you to dial back to roughly a 7, but still project. Okay, okay, okay. That's right, warm it up, warm it up. How now, brown cow? How now? Great radio. Brown cow. <laughs> great radio. Great radio. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us at Sex, Drugs, and Drink Tickets. My name is Hudson. I am a bass music producer living in Boston, and I play out by the name of Wubson. With me today, I have my best friend of God knows how long, uh, decades how plus. How many years? Uh, we do this every time because we don't we, do this. We never quite know. <laughs> Hundreds of years. We've That's known right. each other in multiple lifetimes, Seth right, Richardson. Multiple lifetimes throughout multiple universes. You're goddamn you know. right. <laughs> and here with me, I have the bearded man with the big beer can, Mr. Seth Richardson. The one and only Mr. Seth Richardson. Today with bourbon in hand as opposed to the big beer can. Ooh. Coming at you from New York City, your your favorite band's front of house engineer here with my man's my man's Wubson, ready to uh, ready to talk about a, a guy who I don't know too much about. I got to be honest with you, Hudson. So this is uh, this one's a little bit of a learner for me, you know, hearing about hearing about this guy's legacy. Yeah, and I've been so scatterbrained recently. I totally didn't send you the outline the the outline either. So fucking, you're just along for the ride on I'm this just, one, bud. Dude, exactly. I'm just fucking <laughs> riding the magic carpet today. But thankfully, I have a big bottle of bourbon mm, mm-hmm. and a jar full of peanut butter and a spoon that's currently uh, that's currently mm-hmm. off to the side, just in case. And uh, I think that makes me ready to rock. Is that for for eating or personal lubricant? A little bit of both. Bit uh, of both. That's what I hoped. Okay, excellent. Good, good. Now that. <laughs> That's exactly where we want everyone to be, man. We want everyone to be relaxed and chilling because today is mostly story time. You know, other episodes that we play, it's a lot of music and dancing and wilding. We, we got some crazy stories and shit, but this is actually uh, more of a grab a drink, fucking roll yourself up. I'm rolling on up right now. Big old, mm-hmm. big old Chewbacca leg. Um, <laughs> big old, big old Chewbacca leg. Big old wook right. stick. <laughs> You say wook stick or wook stick? We'll never know. You never <laughs> Yes. Um, it, take your clothes off, you know, maybe, you know, if that's what you're into, you know, put this on in the bubble bath or, you know, take your clothes off while you're driving. If it's legal in your state, don't get pulled over for that. Unless in, maybe- in most states, it is legal to drive 
in nothing but your shoes, but is it, it is illegal to drive without your shoes. Well then, so everyone strip down to your shoes. <laughs> just your shoes. Get in the car and put us on the speakers. <laughs> it's the optimal way to listen to this podcast. Absolutely. So today, um, we're, talk- we're, uh, we're talking about a guy who's pretty new to me as well, actually. I didn't uh, know hardly anything about him. I just heard his name in passing from a few friends of mine who have dope music tastes. Uh, including our beloved friend Kyle Goldstein, um, and actually and Josh as well. Josh actually, uh, Josh, um, um, fucking Josh Finlay, the producer that we had hanging out with us during the uh, to XXX Tentacion episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we actually we that's when we started this conversation, and actually this yeah that moment I think we actually caught on tape, um, and it's in the podcast when we were like oh shit who's this Scarlet guy blah blah, blah whatever, um, mm-hmm. but because of that. I decided to do a little bit more deep dive into this man's because he is fascinating, mostly because we know nothing about him. Um, Very spooky. He's a very, very mysterious man's, but uh, he's also, yeah, we're talking about a weird story with a lot of pieces that I had to put together by myself this time around. So the thing with modern history, right, is that it's modern history. The story is still being written. So it's not like there's any books on this guy out there yet. Hopefully musicians in high school will be learning about Scarlord in like 40, 50 years, but we're not there yet. Not quite. All you really can rely on is Wikipedia pages and then Twitter and forums as well as like, you know, firsthand accounts. And like, those are always a little tough to verify based on how they circulate. Damn straight. And that's actually, yeah, so a lot of the, man, you're killing it, dude. Dude, you didn't even, you, didn't, you don't even need an outline, Seth. Fucking outline. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but by, so yeah, I, I had to cobble this story together kind of by myself. Um, I read every article I could find on the guy. I watched every interview I could find, you know, th- but there's just not a lot there. You know, when you go to his uh, Wikipedia page or anything like that, his childhood is very sparse. Um, it's pretty much only what you get from the interviews. Now, mm-hmm. also, just, you know, disclaimer, we did this a couple of times, but I feel like we haven't done this in a while, so I feel like I should just kind of remind everyone that we are not historians, we are not scholars, we are drunk art, sorry, artists and musicians that are going to be drunk, <laughs> and we are drinking heavily during yes. this broadcast, um, yeah. and while I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, uh, you know, I, I really did try my best on this research. It's also this guy was infuriatingly mm-hmm. infuriatingly difficult to research. I can't even find his parents' names. Like, like I can't even find who birthed the men. So while these episodes took a lot more, really, you can't even find the names of his parents. Nope. That okay. That is like, see, we'll we'll of course we'll touch on this. I'm sure, but the the whole. The whole anonymous, you know, mysterious artist thing has been done for a long time, but like very rarely when you actually learn an artist's identity, is it difficult to verify like where they came from, who they are, you know what I mean? And so like that is something a little unique about this guy. For sure. And so like there's, you can find little things and you can kind of, you know, 
put it all together, but I'm sure a lot of this is wrong. And God forbid, uh, Mr. Scarlord, should you listen to this podcast, if you think we're cool enough to come hang out with, then like, I'd love to sit down and get all this straight, but you know, you're loved. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but I'm sure I got some of this wrong, but it's a really fun story regardless. And that it is, it's even, I will speak to this as well. So what's, what's, uh, what's really interesting with him is that he is a mysterious character now, but he didn't start off that way. And so I think that there's actually an element of control within the information uh, that's that's uh, publicly available that's being uh, exercised here. But I don't know. Okay, so you're so you're thinking that this is now a part of his brand, and that and that it's now this is orchestrated. Yeah, I also I think he's got some personal reasons for what we'll get into. Um, okay, okay, yeah. fair enough. So with that, this is sex, drugs, and drink tickets, part one of. Marius Lucas Antonio Listrop, or the guy with the white chin, or Scar Lord. Drink. So, Marius Lucas Antonio Listrop, or the guy with the white chin, as he would become to be known first, was born June 19th, 1994, in Wolverhampton, UK. Now I'm sure that was a, mm. that that was a terrible Scottish accent. I don't really know how to do a British versus a Scottish accent, and as I proceed to drink more, the lines will get blurred even further. So I apologize for my ridiculousness in advance. When so, Hudson drinks too much, he starts to sound like Sean Connery just on his own. It's so, true, Seth. You know, if I start tripping in Jamaican, you got to stop me because I will. Okay, I will. thank you, thank you. It, it's been known to happen. I won't let it happen. It, it, thank you. I appreciate it. So, family. He was, uh, all I could really find about them was that they introduced him to American hip hop. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nelly and Missy Elliott were favorites of his growing up. Uh, but I mean, okay. Yeah, great taste. Um, and Eminem was his favorite rapper of all. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, aside some, from- some, some have called Eminem the goat. I am not one of those some, but some have. I think he's very, very talented. Um, I think that his time of like ingenuity and like like really like he's a king now. He you know, he he's molded he is a giant. But I think that his uh his prime yeah, was he's, back yeah, in, he's become a titan now. Yeah. I think that back in his prime, whenever he was like a real fighter, a real contender, you know. Um, right. I think I mean, that he made still a, cutting his teeth. Yeah, he I think he made a much bigger mark on on hip hop then. But what do I know? That's not my genre. Um mm-hmm. fair enough. So I couldn't find anything on this guy's family. Nothing about his childhood. Like I said, not even his parents' names. Um, mm-hmm. And so because of this, I took the hard way. <laughs> and I'm going to drag you all through the dirt with me. You're all coming along yeah. with me, damn it. Um, I actually <laughs> looked up a fuck ton of census data on Wolverhampton to try Good to get- Thank you. Um, to try to get a better of idea of what the town was like growing up with hopefully combined with some of the interviews that he has and everything, we can kind of piece together an idea of what his childhood was like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So drink for our first city as a character, Wolverhampton, UK. Wolverhampton! Also drink for Hudson accessing government data to do this job. Like, wow. goddamn. Hey, thanks, man. Not even our government's data. <laughs> Lead hacked. <laughs> <laughs> so Wolverhampton has a population of just over 250,000. It's got weather a lot like Boston, seasonal but leaning cold. Uh, 49.3% female, 
50.6% female. Slightly more kids and fewer old folks in the rest of the UK. It seems like a pretty good spot for like younger working families mostly. Uh, kids tend to okay. go, yeah. Um, it's like, it, we, we got plenty of places like this in the US. Kids go where, off. Where and, is this in proximity to a city? Uh, that I don't have a map of. Just, I'm just curious, you know, it's always like a lot happens in the suburbs. You know what I mean? Like I'm always, and so like, I'm always curious about like. It is a two hour and 30 minute drive, drive from Wolverhampton to London. So this is kind of like for, for New England, this would be like Worcester to Boston. Or like, yeah. or like Portland to Boston, relatively distant. So yeah. it's like big enough uh, that it would be like, and like London is like the New York City of that country. But like, I don't know how big Birmingham is, but that seems like be like a big city next to it. It's got a big name on this map. <laughs> I'm looking okay. at it on Google. So I don't know anything about that. Maybe Birmingham is like where everyone goes to kick it. Um, but it's definitely, it, yeah. Um, it is one of the, I'd say it's like a big small town. It's definitely like a satellite cool, cool, cool. town, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like a, it's definitely not a London or a, or a Boston or a New York City or. Right, it's, it's definitely kind of the burbs. If it's near, if like if Birmingham is the nearest, is the, the, the nearest like large, like larger city, yeah. then, then it's a burb. Word. Cool. Okay. Um, 30, so like a lot of kids te- seem to go off for college and never come back or work or whatever, mm-hmm. and then parents like stay behind and die. Uh, okay. 30, 30, yeah, you know, 32% of the city is composed of people of color, mostly Indian and Caribbean descent. The city is a majority Christian at 55%. Um, sick, is it sick or chic? Sick. Uh, Sikh. Seek. Thank you. Ha! I was. I did. I just got to fuse the two. Ha! Mm, tricky. Seek is the. Se- thank you. Is the second most common at nine point one percent, followed by Hindu and Muslim at three point seven percent and three point six percent respectively. English, Punjabi, and Polish are the most commonly spoken languages in the city. And at the time of census, ninety percent of the town had remained there since the previous census. So, yeah, so, like, you got 25,000 people roughly coming in and out of the city in a year. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that's half the size of the town I grew up in. Like, like Yep, feel that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it seems like not a lot of people are, uh, not a lot of movement is going on in this town. Right, right. Biggest jobs are low-skill retail, manufacturing, and healthcare. Um, seems to be, like, a big work-with-your-hands type town, very blue-collar. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, it started off as a coal mining town, then dabbled in steel production, then bicycle manufacturing, et cetera. So it's, it's, it, uh, I'm seeing like Detroit in my head. Yeah, very much so. Um, weekly median income is 434, 20, uh, 434 pounds and 20 pence. I don't think it's pence. But <laughs> um, uh, their, their version of. You might be right on that. Yeah. I feel like I've said I've played so much Dungeons and Dragons. I've said pence enough times that I don't know if it's like a made up word at this point or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just call it quid. Something point something quid. There you go. Um, it's I did the math to find out what it is in, in U.S. dollars, and it's five hundred sixty-two. 
uh, per weekly medium income. So not very wealthy people. Um, one in five have some kind of disability or long-term health problem. So there's a lot of like uh, out of work people and like elderly and disabled who, who collect cl uh, benefits um, and do like, like because there there's a lot of um, healthcare in the area and it's kind mm -hmm. of a cheaper area to live. It attracts a lot of people like that. Got it. Um, got it. So not a very so so far. <laughs> We have a uh, very blue-collar, like, factory town of mostly poor people and a lot of sick people. <laughs> yeah, so far, not great. No, no, not not a happy place. Just not, not great. No, no, no. And there's plenty of awesome poor people, obviously not trying to malign anybody here. But, like, that just, as we'll see uh, when we get to crime in a minute, um, that, like, you know, people get desperate in those situations. That's true. Uh, yeah. They do. So uh, pollution. This is fun because of all the factory stuff, right? So mm -hmm. uh, the sur uh, <laughs> um, in the late 19th century, the surrounding area near Wolverhampton became known as the Black Country. When <laughs> yeah, metal as fuck. Um, when Super during metal. heavy industrialization of the area caused so much pollution that it covered the area in soot and left the soil black. That's nasty. It's nasty. No, thank you. To this day, the city has terrible air pollution from all the manufacturing. 5% of the mortality rate is equated just to diesel emissions. Jeez, really? Yeah, 5% of, and this, this is all last sentence, last census and blah, blah, all post sources in, in you know, I, I uh, in the info, but if y'all want to check it out. This is awful. Yeah. Um, the Royal Society of Public Health. <laughs> that sounds like a really badass, like, SWAT team of nurses. The Royal mm -hmm. Society of Public Health. Like, James Bond-type surgeons and nurses. Not nurses. Definitely nurses. Just a fuck ton of, like, like ninja nurses. Just fucking mm -hmm. break it into, like, third world countries and terrible industrialized areas and, like, healing the sick and then leaving before anyone knows. Fucking wild-ass shit, man. Anyway, the Royal Society of Public Health named Wolverhampton as having the sixth unhealthiest high streets in the UK. Oof. So I don't know what high streets are, but that sounds like highways, roadway, like, I don't know, something important that people travel on a lot. <laughs> they got dirty streets. <laughs> that sounds like a place I just don't want to live. No, 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 no. You know, just like really don't. Oh, it gets worse, man. Um, employment ain't so great. Um, and to be fair, you know, some people are – a significant portion of people are covered by the health benefits and everything that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but so the way they – the way uh, the UK uh, – this was kind of fun to learn. The way uh, they base their employment or the way they show their employment is a ratio, right? Mm -hmm. So a perfect ratio of one to one <laughs> means there's one job for every one person, right? So in this part in – so the ratio in the UK – uh, according to the last census, was 0.83, and the ratio in Wolverhampton is 0.75. So that's like a quarter of people just like, nope, there's literally nothing here. Like, yep. <laughs> you you can't even sweep the streets. There's already a guy doing that, and mm -hmm. we still have dirty streets. We just can't pay you to do it anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, crime in Wolverhampton <clears throat> is better than similar areas around the UK, but worse than other areas around it. 
2017, The Express and Star, a UK online newspaper, reported that crime was on the rise throughout the West Midlands. So that's like the region mm-hmm. of the, the UK that we're talking about. Right. Robberies went up by 20%. Knife crime increased by 17%. Violence was up by 13%. Burglary by 11%. Thugs carrying offensive offensive weapons. So, like, these are thugs carrying, like, whoopee cushions. Uh, went up by 24%. But, uh, but record drug cases went down by 17%. Nationally, both knife and gun crime had gone up for a while, had been going up, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You know, and to be fair, some of these crime stats are two years old. But, you know, it, 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 it seems like... It seems like I wouldn't I wouldn't call this a place where it's like it's not a war zone, you know, um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a it's not third world or anything. But like, you know, don't go out walking by yourself at night. Look, yeah, maybe don't. Maybe maybe, don't. maybe two locks on your doors. Maybe have a, you know, I don't know, some way to defend yourself at home. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, maybe just don't. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe just don't live there. But just don't don't live in Wolverhampton. You know, just don't. Yeah, just, yeah. Just don't. Yeah. So yeah. now, I know that sometimes tour schedules get weird, Seth. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a small chance that someday you might end up in Wolverhampton. Right. It's possible. It's entirely possible. And you know, what? if I do, I will. I will let you know how it goes. Well, you know. You you gotta you have to and that's a, I'm, I'm making you promise me this because I have mm-hmm. taken the liberty of actually looking up the uh, fun things to do in oh in Wolverhampton because you know we've been talking about all the sad stuff right you know right like yeah we, enlighten we, me what there's, is got, the there's gotta shit? be some good stuff about Wolverhampton mm-hmm. there must be something something to do there right there's a a lot of a lot of there's a brewery tour there's a zoo okay. a lot of okay. outdoor you know trails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, dude, you're not gonna fucking believe this. This is the weirdest, coolest thing in the world. What do they got? <laughs> they have a thing called Stunt Drive UK. Oh, so drink for Stunt Drive UK because fucking yeah, this is first wild. of all that's a great name. I don't even know what it is yet. So here's the thing about it, all right? So you go and you get the experience of being a stunt driver mm-hmm. without actually being a stunt driver. Allow me to elaborate, because Hudson, it's not fun if I'm not behind the wheel if I can doing the thing, right? Insane. Now, they have all these cars like retrofitted to like harnesses and mm-hmm. like like Ferris wheel equipment and like weird ass shit, so Whoa. that you do these like 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 side wheel turns and shit, but it's got like an arm attached to the top of the car, so you can't fuck it up. <laughs> This sounds like so much fun. Dude, it sounds like I like, want to do what? I, it sounds great. I want to do like my 30th birthday there drunk as shit. Like, That's like, what I'm saying. Like, that sounds like phenomenal. Like adult I'm go-karts. So like, <laughs> Just fucking adult bumper cars. Sign me it up. It sounds so rad. But <laughs> there's even, it sounds so sick. Yeah, dude. So like you could do like like burnouts and stuff like that. And you could have someone else do like the the really weird, you know, crazy car shit that, you know, they're uh, in the parking lot or whatever. But like they somebody also, who knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they also have all these like pre-made rides with the cards attached to like mm-hmm. – Basically, it's like a, a like the little the little ducky outside the CVS that you put a quarter into, but it's just right. an adult version of it. <laughs> yes, I love all of this. I love it. Um, some fun historical facts about it. 
Um, it received uh, Wolverhampton received England's first automatic traffic lights in all of England in 1927. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Sunbeam motor car, built in Wolverhampton, became mm-hmm. the first land vehicle to hit 200 miles per hour. Uh, sorry, became the first vehicle to hit 200 miles per hour. Okay, that was correct, mm-hmm. too. When it broke the land speed record in that same year, 1927. 1927 was a very good year for Wolverhampton. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Okay. That's, okay. That's, uh, that's all the uh, good... Uh, uh, There's all the interesting shit about that place. Yes. Well, you um, know, I'm I'm glad we got. I'm glad we went through it at least. Yes. Um, so basically, um, oh oh, <laughs> funny story. One last thing. Um, Ten years ago, uh, the Lonely Planet ranked. <laughs> this is awful. The Lonely Planet, which is a famous oh uh, a famous travel blog for those of you who don't know, and take everything they say with a grain of salt. Obviously, go to some place to develop your own opinion before you take anybody's word for this shit. But right, please, uh, the Lonely Planet <laughs> ranked Wolverhampton as the fifth worst city in the world, mm. barely ranking above favelas in El Salvador <laughs> and the poorest slums of India. <laughs> but it ranked worse than. Uh, Detroit and Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. Yes. So city officials did push back against the Lonely Planet, saying like, "Y'all haven't even visited." But <laughs> <laughs> but it was so bad that the website didn't even write about it for the longest time. Literally saying, and it, like I saw a screenshot. It was a quote on like like on their site that said, "Wolverhampton is so bad, we don't even have it on this site." That's amazing. <laughs> Just simply phenomenal. So savage. <laughs> so yeah, you know it, it's it's very very interesting when you think about it. So he was born in, uh, like I said, ninety four. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really get to meet him until twenty twelve, mm-hmm. and so we have that's what's that's that's like that's almost that's like. 15, that's like 16, I think, 16, 18 years. I'm bad at math. Whatever. Somewhere around right. there, anyway. years uh, living in We're not this... mathematicians here. No. We're storytellers. No, we can, we're, it's okay. We're musicians. We can only count to four. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm saying. Right? And so he it, he grew up in this, it sounds like kind of a mean, tough environment. Um, sounds like like the kind of place where like, I don't know, like, like it have a pretty... Uh, Vibrant hip hop and very angry metal scene is what I don't know. Right, one, would, un- one would assume, right? That's usually usually that's where you find those kinds of scenes, right? Like you didn't you didn't really imagine that a place like a place like Portland, Maine would have a vibrant punk hardcore metal scene, right? Yeah. But it did. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know, and Burbs, I, man. I didn't look into, I didn't look into the, uh, what the scene is like in the area. I literally just did like, like census results or, you know, I didn't look up like, like recent stuff. I just looked at the numbers just to kind of keep it as like, um, objective as possible, even though mm-hmm. Wolverhampton objectively sucks. Burn! Drink. Blah, blah, blah. Blah. Um, but so you'd imagine a person growing up in this environment would have some kind of um, – they'd be tough or they would have to be. They would at least be you know, streetwise. Um, they would have probably exposure to drugs, violence, and all this dumb stuff at a very, very early age. Um, and this is all just you – know, you, you would have 
you'd have an awareness about you. You know what I mean? Like whenever, whenever mm-hmm. I was teaching kids, I worked with some inner, uh, inner city kids that like definitely like they were still kids, but they like knew how to like keep an eye out for things. And they had like a, like a, a fear about them. But, um, you know, just because of like living in kind of a tough hood, mm-hmm. that is not at all the impression that we get from this man's. <laughs> so no. Marius, uh, introduces himself to the world on April 21st, 2012, with his YouTube channel, Mazzy Maz. All right. Yes. Uh, and he started just doing it for funsies, funsies with his friends in college. So okay. it's a lot of, like, prank videos and challenges and, and funny vlogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, stuff like, like, here's some of the names of some of the videos. Um, Ask Maz. Mazzy Maz learns Swedish. Facts about me. <laughs> Prom disaster. <sighs> What's in my bag? Etc. You get the point. I love this. He would have made a great Disney Channel actor. Like dead ass. Yeah. This is also around when he gets the name the boy with the uh, the the boy with the uh, white chin because he has a patch of vitiligo right on his chin. Um, Got so it. So he has a. It's it's very distinguishable. Um, you can't, it's, it's, you can't miss it. And he kind of, he rocked it. I think it's cool. Um, he made, Mm -hmm. you know, he owned it. He collaborated with other British YouTubers like Casper Lee and Sam Pepper and Jake Boys. So just some of the more popular British names that Mm -hmm. uh, might ring some bells over here in the States. Um, he wrote his first album, Internet Kid, which definitely sounds like a college kid just fucking around having fun. So I'm going to play like. As it should, as it should. It's really it's honestly, it's a very. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to knock it because it's so honest that you kind of gotta love it. But mm-hmm. like at the same time, it definitely sounds like it's 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 not polished at all. Um, I'm sure that he, if he were to listen to this podcast, he'd probably hate the fact that we're playing like this because it's like hearing your first songs ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna play a little bit of a song called "Opting Out," just so you can kind of get uh, an idea of you know the rock influence. This is uh, coming yeah. out of him because this is you know he he actually he's a very bright, charismatic young man. He's very he's mm-hmm. very like, like you know young man. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Lol. Um, I'm referring to him at this time period because he was like fucking he was like a te- teenager. Like you know I mean he's, mm-hmm. he's so cute. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. And I'm just like oh buddy. Anyway, yep. check it out. This is a little bit of the song opting out. My temper, I'm open and exposed like the holes in my sweater It's been years now and I'm still not getting better Take me back home and I'll never leave ever whether No or not, ain't shit that I got I still walk the streets with the same ripped up socks I still wander around with the same old locks Wondering what noise is made from a fuck Not threatened by the law, oh fuck the dictators I move kinda sly with the traits of a traitor Wanna laugh now, we'll see who laughs later Man fuck this world, I'm moving on to something greater Yeah, you get the idea. 
I uh, like that. I think that that was a Lincoln Park beat. Well, it sounded like it, right? Right. Um, I can hear I can hear Chester's vocals over it, but I can't place the song. If any of y'all listening know that beat, fucking holler with it in the comments because I'm I'm killing me. I literally I've been listening to that. <laughs> it's so funny. I've been listening to him to do that for weeks now, off and on. And I'm just like, wow. I think I know this beat, but it literally just hit me. <laughs> yeah, um, like it definitely sounds like. It definitely sounds like a Lincoln Park beat. Yeah, and so or like I, something, something like that, something of that era, something of that, like of that family. So you can see where he's coming from. He's like, he's just a college kid at this time period, just like taking beats and rapping over, you know, like we all fucking did. So in two years later, he does. He goes on a comedy tour titled "The We Don't Give a Fuck Tour" with Sam Pepper. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it, even though it's a British. comedy tour. Yeah. So yes, and it actually. I think this is more important than we realize because uh, he's very DIY. He does a, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's very he takes charge of his projects uh, a lot. He doesn't you know he didn't get help until he he really needed it. Um, he's very hands on with it, and so um, I'm sure they put this to him and Sam Pepper put this together just themselves. Right. Talking like punk rock status, phone calls, and Facebook messages, or yeah, yeah totally. it's 2014. It would have been Facebook. So. Mm-hmm. Now, during this time, uh, Sam Pepper was pretty much ousted from the YouTube community, and Marius distanced himself. So this is this is while they were on tour. Uh, mm. so Pepper posted a video where he would play. I use the word joke tentatively, um, but he would he, he would play a joke uh, uh, where he would like he had his a sweater tied up in such a way so that it looked like one was kind of one ha- arm was in a pocket and his other hand was out and he could talk with it. Um, and he was asking ladies for directions with one hand, and then he would his his uh, his other hand was actually like kind of at the bottom of his shirt, so he could sneak it out and pinch their butt, um, and then pull his hand back without them realizing it. Um, and so it was which do, which is is defined as as sexual harassment. We yeah. should not glaze over that fact. No, no, you can't. We we can't. We can't. No. Sexual assault in that context. If you're making contact. Well, on top of that, it's like, bro, you fucking filmed it and put it on. Like, come on, bro. Like, like mm-hmm. dude. Like, like, obviously, don't do that anyway. But like, why? Fucking, you're just even more stupid. Anyway, so in response, Marius is quoted telling the BBC, "We are meant to push boundaries. Sorry, sorry. We are meant to push boundaries, but you need to know what's right and what's wrong. A sexual predator isn't a good look." That's my Marius voice. Okay. He sounds exactly like that. So he's got a good head on his shoulders. That's the reason why I pulled that quote. He's got a soul, Um, Mm -hmm. and that. The fact that you know he's in an entertainment industry and he's the you know the fact that he's taking a stance for this at such a young age, whenever it's such a DIY project, it's genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, now, funny story, and this is kind of an allusion to what comes later. Later, he would tell us about his YouTube period. I used to do YouTube videos, and that was soul destroying. Interesting, right? He's very complicated, man. Uh, at its peak. In April 2015, this man's had 700, 750,000 subscriptions. Sometime between, that's, wow. yeah, that's, wow. that's, sorry, I gotta wrap my head around that number for a moment. That is more than 12 times the size of my hometown in Alexandria, Louisiana. That's like, that's like the, pu- yeah, that's fucking huge. Anyway, that's like more, 
I don't want to look up other cities right now, but it's monstrous. So sometime between then and 2016, he deleted everything. All of his videos. Interesting. Everything was gone. At the time of uh, writing, this, you know, his, uh, his YouTube channel as Mazzy Maz still stands at over 650,000 subscribers, even though he has deleted wow. every single video he was a part of. You can still find like fan-made compilations plus some other bits and pieces online, but he hit a reset button hard mm -hmm. uh, in 2016. Mm -hmm. Drink for the death of Mazzy Maz. Drink for Mazzy Maz's death. death. So, and this is kind of, you know, I kind of alluded to it earlier. This is when he starts to display other parts of himself. Because Marius, because uh, Marius, or, you know, Mazzy Maz was always, you know, bright and happy and colorful and joyful and what's in my bag and derp, derp, derp. We start seeing a uh, different side of him um, that's, you know, we saw glimpses of it in his mixtape and stuff as, you know, when he was just dicking around. But, uh, he starts a band called Myth City when we really start to see him start like kind of really putting his head in, uh, fully into this music thing. So according to the Scarlord website, Myth City was made when Marius Googled up how to start a band. So I have no clue if his bandmates were his friends, were his session musicians, were aliens, dudes he met on the street, lovers, brothers, I don't know. <laughs> All of their YouTube videos consist of them performing in various places. It's very standard 90s punk fare, um, just with, you know, 2010s technology. They toured twice around the UK during the two years they were together. Uh, but you can tell that the band wasn't really headed anywhere, anywhere fast. Um, it's not bad. It's not like they were bad at what they were doing, but it, it just sounds like a cleaner version of every other band we played with in high school. Um, it's, they're fun, but it just doesn't have that sauce. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing special about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play their first track off of it. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to play two tracks because the, 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 the diversity is pretty fun. Um, so this first one is a 24, uh, yeah, this first song came out in 2014. Um, it's currently at 186. Oh, no. So now it's at 200. It's at a little over 200,000 views. Um, this song is called Shake, and it's the first video they ever released. This is a fun little, fun A scream on him though. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So the if you look at the video, 
Um, it's like really clean cut. They're all nice boys. Um, that little bit in the beginning with the do 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 There's like the guitarist is like sipping on a milkshake or something. And oh, I love that. Yeah, it, it's like goofy. It's a goofy punk shit we grew up with. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's like to- it's, it's very fun. it's very Tony Hawk, um, but the music is just a little bit more aggressive. So it's fun. Mm-hmm. Love, love that. that. Um, the next song is my favorite um, out of the mm-hmm. three. Uh, this is called Man Down, and this one has 30,000 views. So big drop. And this was released just a year later, so 2015. Okay. Um, and what's cool about this video, I encourage all uh, – no, this is my favorite video on their set as well, um, because on their YouTube as well, because it's actually a live video of them opening for Inter Shakiri. So it's mm. fucking Shakari? Shakiri? I don't yeah, know. I know that band though. It's a great band. Yeah, um, great band, and you could tell like these boys had the time of their lives playing it. It's really mm-hmm. they're they're really fun to watch. It's cool. just killing it. Yeah, dude. Uh, so this is Myth City Man Down opening for Inter Shikari. Shikari. Yeah. yeah. All black and white intro, very dramatic, very different from the last one. I would have lost my mind to those guys at a local show when I was like 14, 15, 16. Dude, I would have killed to open up for these guys back in high school. Like, holy shit. I got goosebumps listening to that last track. Those, I, that that chorus, all that I want. Fucking, oh. yeah, dude. I, dude, I can imagine just like just yelling that at like some local show. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, I, I would, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sad I just discovered this band because I would have fucking gone ape shit to their Yeah. Um, so, oh, well, I'm not going to play the last one. Um, the last one is, uh, a year later, I know you and it's at 60,000 views. So it's just, you know, it, it, you can kind of tell that it wasn't really popping off for them as, as time goes on, it doesn't really get, uh, nothing, nothing. You're not getting any millies. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not blowing up like that. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of. My 
my little plot. This is, this is kind of conjecture based off the interviews and stuff like that. And like, you know, something, mm-hmm. some things he has said outright, but, um, I think he, you know, he wanted to make the band heavier, but the others weren't about it. And then things weren't really going anywhere. So they just kind of, that, that's why they split up. Um, and he, you know, okay. he, he has that's pretty nothing, regular. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing out of it. No, I don't know if it was mutual or not. Um, to be fair, but he has absolutely nothing bad to say about his own bandmates at all. Um, See, it's funny that that's the reasoning too. Is I feel like most bands back in that era, like that's why you split up, right? Is because like you'd have a band full of kids who would all be like friends and hanging out, but they would also be individually growing up and changing and discovering new music, right? And like, so you'd have the one kid who would get like really into fucking jazz band, right? And they would want to start doing like these weird, this weird avant-garde shit. Yeah. And you have the one kid who would just be like really, who would get like really into pop radio and they would want to take it like really pop punk. And then you have the one kid who just hated everything, who wanted to be like heavy as balls. And he would just be like, no, 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 we need to have every song needs to be a breakdown for the entire song with <laughs> only low growl <laughs> yells. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. And like, and that's like, and then eventually people just be like, they would just like find other clans of people and they'd be like, all right, well, I'm not going to make music with these guys who I don't agree with. I'm just going to split off and go and do this thing. No, it is totally normal. Um, and would, would you say that you were any of those kids in, in high school during or your, during your musical development, Seth? Was there ever a point when you were like, uh, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm, I don't see you as the jazz kid. I, I, no, I was never the jazz kid. I was like, see, I was like always, I was like, man, and this is like why I, probably why I got into like production and making electronic music, right? It's because I was always like the indie kid who would hear it in his head like a really certain way and it would just like never come out the right way when played by humans. Mm, mm, mm. You know? And, but like, and so then I started like making stuff on computers and I was able to like really translate it from what I had in my head and like... You know, I was like able to make shit sound the way I wanted it to sound. It was like why I got into mixing. And so like, you know, like that's kind of the kid that I was, right? I was like definitely like the indie kid who was just like a little too picky. I definitely remember childhood sessions with you, sir. And I definitely remember you pulling your hair out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. I was in a sweet little punk band back in the day, guys. Because yeah, I know I know exactly which one you were from my perspective. Oh right? yeah, which, like, which one? Which one? Which one was I, Seth? You were you were the fucking weirdo. You always wanted <laughs> shit to be weirder. Everything had to be weirder. Everything had to be like like Hudson was like, if you're making a music video and it was like, and they're like, all right, so we're gonna like get a get some video of us running around the block. Hudson would be like, all right, great idea, but I'm gonna be naked throwing cake. <laughs> They're like, no, Hudson, we can't do any of those things. Like, yes, we do. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I can't even fight you. <laughs> I, really I know. <laughs> Damn. Drink for naked cake throwing. Drink for naked cake throwing. And keep in mind, dear listeners, that Hudson and I we always played in band and like we basically always played in separate bands that moved in parallel, right? It's like we would be on a lot of the same yeah, shows. We were constantly playing shows together. Yeah, we were always playing shows together, but we never like not until we got a little bit older did we start actually like making music together. Like did we start working on each other's projects and shit? I mean, for, you know, us mere mortals to become gods, we have to separate from all that is human human and then, you know, cocoon into our own like dark inner cells and emerge as you know trap lords precisely <laughs> precisely 
So, um, so uh, <laughs> other than the the fact that the breakup happened, I literally couldn't find anything else about the process of him becoming Scarlord and the end of that band. It's literally just a line on their last FM page, the breakup. Mm, That's it. Okay. Very interesting. So, and now we're starting to get close to wrapping up here. We're starting to get get on time here. Um, but now the really, really cool plot twist. Okay. So now we're at the end of 2016, right? Mm-hmm. The Scarlord YouTube page was created in 2013, only one year after he started making Mazzy Maz videos. Interesting. We can reasonably assume that Scarlord was a uh, was was in gestation. Was a yeah. He was, was a a demon being summoned and built inside this mortal coil of Marius until it could suck up enough Aeon energy to become the evil metallic track lord that he is now. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah, that's like the early the early predecessor of like having your personal Instagram and having your having your artist Instagram. So it's it's just uh, I think it's fascinating that like mm. uh, this was a he took that long to build this thing. You know, they, there's the old adage, you know, you know, it take you know overnight it takes ten year, fifteen years to get overnight success or some shit like that. Yeah, exactly. An overnight success in fifty years. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Uh, this man's is kind of a living example of that, and I've been I've been learning more about you know this process just in my own work recently of as well. God forbid I'm nowhere near as talented and awesome as as Marius is, um, but like the idea of fully fleshing out the concept and like this 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 role that you step into or this this uh, your brand and your 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 personality and your music being so tied up together that like you it's and so tightly conceptualized mm-hmm. that whenever it does finally pop it's like a beautiful demonic butterfly mm-hmm. as opposed to a like you know just sending in the music yeah very true i don't know i would i really wish i could have been a, a a fly on the wall during this kid's brainstorming sessions i really want to know if he like drew out scarlord um cuz like if you look at the videos <laughs> and stuff that he has got a very he experiments with fashion and we'll talk about that in the next episode um mm-hmm. he experiments with his look a lot but there's definitely a scarlord look um and he's very yeah. very distinctive um, all of his videos are very similar and stylized, uh, kind of in a, a you know, it, it, they look like they're all part of the same press kit, even they're all different albums and stuff like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very, very, uh, very well done project. Just the idea that he like, did he like make a, a you know, one, did he make a folder of locations and, and just different things he was into and just kind of right. pick them all out? Or like, did he start drawing things? Did he like, I don't know, just. It, yeah. And you know, like being, so like that's, Something that, with that, it comes to mind, you know, is, like, he, being born in 94, he's, you know, he's just, he's a couple years younger than me, um, but he, he would have really grown up in the internet generation, just because, like, those, those two years there, right, like, he probably doesn't remember a childhood without, like, real internet, you know what I mean, like, 
with that in mind, you know, because he would have been he would have been eight years old in two thousand two, you know, twelve years old in two thousand six, um, and so like when he was growing up, when he was really growing up, he was like he was getting into the age where you would be like, you know, like when 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 we were twelve, like we were just starting to like foray into the internet and the online video games and shit like that. Like when he was twelve, like the internet was also maturing around him, um, you know, and so because like. 2007 to like 2011 was when we started to get like, you know, like blog house and shit like that. Um, and like that was, you know, MySpace era and shit. And like, that was when content, like generating content started to become a real thing for brands, um, in that way. And so like he grew up with that and he grew up in the YouTube, like plugged into that YouTube shit. And so like, you know, the hearing that he, hearing that he started his YouTube channel in 20 in was it 2013 yeah all right so he was born in 94 so he started scarlord when he was 19 yes like that's dope as hell yeah he's he's a young god he really is well he just like but he just he's got he built those muscles up young you know because he just like he grew up content locked so with the touring as well and stuff like that he got so much practice in these earlier roles like he Mm -hmm. did the comedy tour right so then that probably set him up with if not connections then at least know how to put together tours for the next two years with his rock band yeah, um, absolutely. So like like you see all these things stacking and feeding into each other, but it's all very different projects and very different degrees and exp- uh, and, and of uh, of of rage almost of of fury. Um like if you listen to a Myth City track compared to a Scarlord track, it's like what the fuck is this? <laughs> like holy yeah, right? shit. Uh it is, it is jarring to say the least. But Marius says that the change from Mazzy Mass to Scarlord isn't as polar opposite as people think. What people do is they pick the happiest, smiliest thing from this side and the most dark and aggressive thing from the other side, and they totally skip the middle. That's where they draw their comments from, that it's inauthentic and it's not real. It's all people's perceptions, and that's the beauty of what I do. It's all about the questions. It's all about the art. It's all about what is going on, and the more questions people ask, the better. I feel like I went a little too David Attenborough there at the end. You, you went a little Harry Potter on us. A little, a little Harry Potter. <laughs> you went a little Harry Potter on us, but it's okay. <laughs> we can got him trapsiosa. <laughs> Wingardium Trapsiosa. Yes. Yes. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> that is the name of this episode. God damn it. We just named this. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time with part two of Scarlord. Thank you so much for listening. Find us on all the socials, uh, sex, drugs, and drink tickets. And holler at sure, your boys. Yeah, holler at your boys. Seth, where can they find you? Uh, at damn Seth Daniel on Instagram and basically all of that shit. Don't at me on Facebook because Facebook is whack, yo. I haven't had Facebook since 2016. I ain't going back. Facebook is super whack. You can holler at me there, but I'd really prefer it if you didn't holler at me somewhere cool like Twitter. Twitter's great. Twitter's great. Love Twitter. Twitter's great. Instagram is kind of fun. At Wubson Official, pretty much everywhere. SoundCloud. Yeah. And Twitters and Facebooks and all them things. So, Anoyas, tell us how awful we are, and we hope you have a great night. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. What's up?
up, guys? Run DMT here, proud to bring you a brand new podcast. I'm calling it The Genre Fix. Each episode, I'm going to be diving deep into a different style of electronic music and giving you a little taste of what it is about that style that I like, what made it historically relevant, and I'll be doing so through a guided mix for y'all. So be sure to tune in every other Wednesday, opposite of sex, drugs, and drink tickets, right here on the Kill Your Ego Network. Take care, guys. Peace.